Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast Wiki Hospitals. This is where we interview health startup founders, doctors and patients about health problems and startup solutions. Today we interview startup founder Paul Rylance from the British health startup JKM Care Solutions. I'd like to introduce Paul Rylance from JKM Care Solutions. Paul, welcome to Wiki Hospitals. Hi Delia, how are you? Very well and thank you very much for coming on this show. Um, Paul, you've developed a wonderful tool to help doctors um, give their patients the care that they need to help hospitals manage their workload and to help patients get the care that they need when they need it. So please tell me about your product. Okay, um, it's a product that we developed and designed to address specific problems within the healthcare industry, but predominantly within the UK. So the first problem we looked at was um, A&E congestion and breaches. Right. Um, there were massive problems with just the sheer volume of people coming in. So our application gives doctors the tools to get, gain early visibility of the volumes of people coming in so that they can start making sort of proactive steps towards solving the problem rather than just watching it build and, and then trying to cope. So it uses a triage type system. So then uh, a doctor can say, well, um, we've got eight level ones and two level threes. Let's move the level threes to somewhere else and concentrate on the level ones. Right. It also provides that sort of visibility to other hospitals as well. So it, it sort of brings hospitals together in a, in a virtual sense. So they all start working together as a, a single cohesive unit. So one hospital could see that another has capacity and instantly start um, suggesting that patients go to the nearer hospital rather than having the extended waiting times that they, they're currently enduring in, in that location. Uh, the second problem we addressed was where patients have stayed in hospital, let's say for something like a hip replacement, um, and they, they're fit to leave hospital, but they need some additional care, maybe some support from uh, social services, or they may be going to a care home, and, and they've been unable to locate a bed. So the, there's no choice but for that patient to remain in hospital, occupying an acute care type bed for no actual medical reason. And, and it's referred to in the UK as bed blocking. And um, it costs an enormous amount of money for both health and social care. So our, our application also addresses that by allowing both health and, and social services to work in collaboration. And it shows these delayed discharges in real time. So the moment one happens, you can be on top of it rather than waiting for, let's say, weekly figures to come out. Right. So there should be a massive reduction in the costs and, and time lost there. Okay. And um, thirdly, we've, we've, we're starting to experience quite a few, let's say, major incidents in the UK. And uh, our tool is specifically designed to link or to be able to coordinate multiple A&Es from a single location. So in the case of a major disaster, whether it be an explosion, whether it be a building on fire, whether it be flooding, and you need to move a large number of patients or a large number of casualties, 
you can coordinate multiple hospitals from this single web interface. Right. For those that aren't aware of how our health system works, can you explain the difference between our normal structure, which is everything is based around the individual patient records, and how your system is different because yeah. you look at the beds? That's right, Delia. Um, historically, mo most systems are, we'll call them hospital-centric. So all the, the records for a patient are kept in a hospital on a system bound to that hospital. We've taken a slightly different take on that. We, we're, we're not focusing on patient records. We're focusing on beds and bed capacity. And we're not looking at it from a hospital-centric problem. We're looking at it on wide geography, city-centric, or maybe even region-centric. Or in the case of social care, where you perhaps have a patient from the opposite side of the country that has fallen ill, but then they want some social care. Social care via our system would be able to gain visibility of care home beds hundreds of miles away and right. see the capacity in real time. Yeah? Right. So we've, we've removed that sort of roadblock of being, yeah, we can see all the beds in our own hospital, but no further. It's, it's not dynamic enough, I don't think, for the, the modern health challenges that I think a lot of countries face. Yeah. So just running it through how it would work from the ground level. The patient, the patient uh, it comes unwell and the, the relatives call an ambulance. From that point, how would your system make things different? Well, first of all, we can, we can actually uh, expose our application to ambulance services. So straight away, they would get to see what the current status of, status of hospitals is in and around their immediate area. So it shows that there's no point in taking somebody with a critical injury to a hospital that's already struggling with capacity. Right. It would be, you know, a, a, a fruitless venture. So that, that's the first step in the, the visibility process. So the ambulance crew have got a fighting chance of getting a, a critically ill person to a hospital that has capacity and therefore the reduced waiting times and instant availability of care. Um, if the situation changes in between that ambulance driver leaving and arriving at hospital, then the doctors within the hospital can use our system to locate the nearest appropriate type bed. So if, let's say, for argument's sake, somebody wants an ICU bed, it would take no more than two seconds to locate every available ICU bed within an entire city. Right. And, and you could get that person redirected really right. quickly. Right, that's wonderful, because we simply don't have that at the moment. Yeah, well, you know, we did a lot of research here, and, and we've sort of collaborated with uh, A&E consultants, A&E doctors, heads of service, and, and, and listened quite closely to the problems they've been explaining. And then we've specifically designed our solution around addressing some of those key issues. Right. And Paul, what is your background? What sort of work have you done to bring you to this point? Um, well, I'm predominantly uh, from a technological background. I've done um, about 17, 18 years in, in web-based technologies. Um, and my last sort of key role was with uh, Hewlett-Packard Consulting, HP Consulting, where we would deliberately find the right solution in a web-based format 
for customers like Regis, the, the uh, office rental space people, Easy Rent a Car, all these high volume, high capacity, right. high need sort of solutions. Right. That makes a lot of sense. So now I can see you've taken from a commercial and a tech background and put this, mm -hmm. put your skills and knowledge into the health industry. Yeah, and our CEO, thankfully, she has got so much experience in both health and social care, and, and she's still sort of within that field. So it, it, it's a great partnership because we, we've got the, the technological world meeting the health and social care world in a, in a practical sense. Yeah, that is absolutely fantastic. So what sort of skills and knowledge has she brought to this, um, to your company? Well, it, it's a vast suite of things because on a daily basis, she sees the, the strains of, of A&E. She sees the strains of uh, acute uh, wards. And she has to liaise quite closely with a lot of uh, bed managers. And she listens to right. their comments when they're saying, oh, you know, we, we're on the phone all the time fielding queries for available beds. Yeah. So with our system, we, we remove the lion's share of that problem. And similarly, she also works very closely with um, older patients and getting them into right. care homes. Okay. And again, there's a distinct lack of visibility in, in yes. that domain as well. Yes. Yeah, so we've addressed that. And what we're trying to do, we're, we're trying to get health and social care to work in collaboration when it's required. We're yeah. not trying to force them together and work together all the time when it's just not necessary. So it's quite dynamic and it's quite fluid. And we're hoping that it, it will address um, the problems that everybody seems to be experiencing. Yeah, that sounds excellent. So your background is IT and moving large volumes of traffic around using a web-based tool mm -hmm. and then you're doing something similar in the health industry looking at not individual records but uh, even UK-wide hospital beds. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the vast majority of, of the time, you wouldn't want to look for a hospital bed, let's say, beyond the bounds of a city. I can use London as a prime example. There are over 30 hospitals in London, and they're, they're quite high capacity. But th there may be a time where somebody, let's say, in central UK, has a patient arrive with a very specific injury, let's say neurological, and they may need to be airlifted to a neurological specialist. Well, they can get that early visibility of where the nearest bed is available for that neurological expertise. Right. Uh, and that could, by today's standards, take 25 minutes on, on telephones and emails oh, trying to... to longer. Yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll take it from you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Trust me, longer. Um, and so how, yeah. how, how would this work for the average GP? If I'm a GP and I've got, you know, a patient who's come in to see me and, you know, I think they've had a heart attack and they need to go mm -hmm. somewhere. Can, can I access this tool as well? Or is it just for hospitals? Yeah. It's literally, we've designed it for every um, care professional. When I say care professional, that's both from a health and a social care perspective. Right. So GPs can look at it online, and right. they know from the get-go that they're not going to refer a patient to a hospital that's already struggling with capacity. Right. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, traditionally, I guess you guys just call the hospital and you have no visibility of whether they're struggling. Yeah. And, of course, the person on the other hand knows they haven't got capacity and it's just a fruitless conversation. 
Whereas our tool gives that initial heads up. It stops that sort of cold calling uh, approach. Well, health hasn't had the big infrastructure at the back end that industry has had. Mm -hmm. You know, you're talking about uh, commercial car uh, companies. I mean, we've never had that back end structure like banks and um, the aviation industry. They've all had big back end infrastructure to monitor all the moving parts and make sure it all works together. So, you know, um, so if you're going to go and try and book an airline or book a car, everybody knows where every plane and every car is at any one time. But we, That's in the right. health industry, we just have no idea. So wouldn't it be great if you did know where every available bed was in real time, all the time? Yeah, it would be absolutely wonderful. And, you know, it's not as an ex-nurse, I can tell you, it's not nice for the patients to be piled up in emergency departments. Hospitals get fined a lot of money if they go over the four-hour period. Everybody gets very stressed. It's not nice for anybody. And if people could be somewhere else, that would be much yeah. better for everybody. In, in the UK, that, that sort of emergency uh, ward tariff is costing the NHS about £710 million a year. Right. You know, and that's a, not only is that a significant amount of money, but then you're realising that people are waiting a long time and the predominant um, reason is that lack of available beds or visibility of available beds That's and right. also being able to move patients to appropriate care so the lower triage scores could actually go to a walk-in centre yes. or a critical yes. care centre yeah but if they don't have visibility of that or don't have knowledge of that that that's a not a really good conduit so one of the roadmap products we've got is to give that visibility. So when somebody turns up to A&E, let's say, with a bee sting or a broken finger, they can look in real time and say, oh, there's a critical care centre not three miles away from here that has a current waiting time of 20 minutes. I'll go there yeah. instead of waiting here for four or five hours plus. Yeah, absolutely. So we're definitely sort of focusing on, on that one already. And also many people in emergency have actually come from nursing homes and care homes and disability services and they're not, those staff aren't normally included in the hospital bureaucracy. So to give those people who produce many of our customers, so to speak, to give them these tools, I think that's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not suggesting that it's some nirvana um, because the health and social care industry is an extremely complex environment. But we've looked at these big pain points and we've tried to address them in the most pragmatic manner that we can. And, and we've got the tool readily available on the internet as a demo for evaluation. People can have a look at it. Um, if they're interested, they can contact us. We can give them a, a, a specific logon to perform certain function. And then they can see uh, uh, the tools that are available. And they can also offer feedback to say, oh, well, this could be done better or this is exactly what we need. I've already spoken to an A&E doctor um, in the north of England who said regarding this visibility of available beds just in his own hospital because they're spread over a very large geography. He said, this would just be so great to have, just to get visibility of beds in our own hospital. So how far advanced are you in terms of getting uh, the bureaucrats to um, 
uh, accept this. Uh, yeah, okay. Pause for laughter. Yeah. We all know what bureaucrats are like. We do. We deal with them. You know, trust. Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Laughing is is good. We we all will understand laughter. Laughter is good. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we we're, we're trying to actively engage with uh, both health and social care, which in itself is quite difficult to do on a on a siloed basis, but trying to talk to them in a joined up manner is is doubly uh, difficult yeah um but we're taking those initial steps as i say thankfully we've we've already got a product so we've gone beyond the proof of concept yeah we've got something that's fully functional for them to look feel have a play yes. with which yeah. i think is a massive step yeah um but yeah it's early days at the moment and um hopefully we're talking to the right people and are you looking outside the UK? Have you approached uh, other people? Have you been to Australia, for example? We haven't been to Australia yet, no. Um, but we, we have got them sort of on the radar, so to speak. Um, we're also looking at, at countries like Japan okay. that has a similar sort of setup to the, the UK. Um, and any country really with a national type health service that is not run by, let's say, the insurance companies, Big Pharma, etc. So that includes Canada, um, the, the vast majority of Europe is, is uh, insurance sort of centric. Okay. Um, but if, if there's definitely, if there's capacity within Australia for use of this product, then I'll be more than happy to engage with these people. So people, if they're interested, they just need to uh, have a look at your website and you've got uh, uh, the video that, uh, that plays at the slideshow and then they can get in touch with you individually and you can give them a demo, a live demo. Absolutely. And, and if they've got any questions. So uh, my advice is to look at the presentation first and we'll, we'll include a link uh, to that with this um, interview. Yes. Um, but to look at the presentation first, that gives a nice overview of the features and functions that we have. And then when you've identified an area that you think is of particular interest, then you can contact us. We can give you that discrete level access to the application. Yeah. Um, so if somebody's looking for how would you manage these multiple hospitals in a major incident environment, we can give them that, that type of log on and, and they can have a play with it. Well... Once again, I'm really delighted to be talking to somebody who has got a practical solution to um, one of our many health industry problems. And as having been a nurse in places including emergency departments and seen mm -hmm. chaos, waiting times, confusion, mm -hmm. unhappy people, unhappy doctors, unhappy nurses, I would just love to see this problem resolved. And your your software sounds... It sounds fantastic, to be honest. Thanks for that. I hope that message is reverberated through the, the health and social care community. And that would be really good. I think people who, in fact, I know people who work on the ground floor understand this kind of a solution because as soon as you talk about overcrowding in hospitals and, and bed block, then people instantly understand what you're talking about. Sure. Maybe the bureaucrats don't, but we do. I guess it's also removing for, as you, as you call them, the bureaucrats, mm. when clinicians and doctors uh, say it's about bed capacity, their, their default argument is, no, it's not. You've got beds that you can use. You're just not using them. Well, 
our application will remove that excuse yeah. from the equation because now you like because we have the statistics built within the application yeah that will show you you know day on day month on month the volume of available beds compared to the volume of patients and and then there is no argument about yes you've got beds but you're just not using them so thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, I look forward to hearing you going from success to success. Thanks very much, Delia. Okay. Likewise. Thank you for listening to the Wiki Hospitals podcast. This series is sponsored by the Australian company House Buyers United. For more information, please go to housebuyersunited.com.au. Thank you.